Welcome to the Wobbly Arrow Podcast, featuring your favorite hosts, Justin Horn and Jimmy Neese. How's it going, Jimmy? Wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful on this Saturday. How about you, Justin? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Done with the boat shoot today. Yes, it was a long day. Yeah, it was. Besides the rain. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Shortened it a little bit. Yeah, it did. Made it a little greasy out there. A little, gre- a little greasy? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard reports that it was a little greasy in some spots. Yeah. My four-year-old may have slipped and fell on her face about three times. Wasn't once though because she was throwing a fit and stomping. She did throw a fit and stomp. Yeah, mommy wouldn't carry her. Her legs were hurting going up the big hill, and uh, <clears throat> she decided that uh, she was going to stomp instead of walking. <laughs> right down her face, she went. So that ended the fit. Yeah, uh, yeah, it ended the fit. <laughs> she got what she deserved. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some news. What's new? Well, what's new is we have a new sponsor. A new sponsor. A new one. I mean, sweet. Don't act so surprised. You have the hat on. I do have the hat on. <laughs> it is really nice. It is Prime One Camo. Prime One. Prime One. And uh, they're a rather new company. Yeah. They're, they're not too old. And I'm the the basis behind this camo is uh, is Predators. Yep. Uh, they have taken uh, several artists and, and and went through and looked at different kinds of Predators from you know. Uh, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator? That kind of Predator. Okay, yes. I yeah. got you. It's completely I'm feeling it. see-through. I'm in. Right. I mean, all you got to do is hit a button on a suit, disappears completely. Wow. That's what. That's that's it. It's awesome. Yeah. But no, uh, But no. seriously, it, uh, uh, they took a bunch of different kind of Predators, and, uh, and they used artists and, and kind of mixed it all together and, into one just camo that's just awesome. And, and you add the colors into it, and it makes it great. And uh, it's prime one camo. Why be the tree? Oh, I messed it up. And here I was getting made fun of not ten minutes I ago. I totally made fun of him. It's 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 not the tree. It's a tree. Why be a tree? Eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> Let me get my answer. Why be a tree? <clears throat> yeah. Why be a tree when you can be the predator? Amen, brother. And it's it's preach it. It really is an awesome camo. Yes, I, I like it. So far, I only own the hat, but I, I, I own the full suit hunting with it I'll all year it. last year. And you had good luck. Had some pretty good luck. Good. It looks good. It does look really good. Cool. It's definitely different. Hey, we're excited to have them on board. We're very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's these other sponsors we got, Jimmy? Other sponsors <laughs> Osage Creek Archers. Oh, who are those guys? Your premier family friendly 3D archery course in East Central Illinois. Oh, really? What yeah. city is that in? It is in Marshall, Illinois. Oh, we kind of there right now. We are here. We're here. That's where we were at today. That's right. Where his daughter fell. Yeah, where my daughter fell. See how he's corrupting her memory when she gets older. She'll be like, "I hate Osage Creek. I don't know why. I just hate them." No, it's a really good uh, family-friendly 3D course. Love kids. Kids 12 and under shoot for free. Shoot for free. Yep, that's we, amazing. We're all about growing the sport of archery. Youth is the future. Um, we know it. We want to promote it. So, um, yep, bring your kids by. We'd love to see you guys. And then Nice Archery, quality, integrity, and commitment to the customers. So thanks to our sponsors for making this possible. Thanks to the sponsors. And uh, he is not, uh, he's being modest about Nice Archery. Uh, uh, just a little bit ago, you're working on my wife's bow and spent ample amount of time just making sure her peep was dialed in correctly. Yeah. Are you saying I took too long? <clears throat> no, you didn't take too long. <laughs> no, but uh, I did really make sure that... Uh, 
everything's right before you leave the shop. You that's right. You don't leave the shop unless your bow is ready to hunt. And and that's my goal. Um, one of my goals is is to make people enjoy archery more. And to do that, if I can get their equipment to be as forgiving as possible to where their arrows going where their pins at, they're going to enjoy archery that much more. That's right. So it's my goal to get every bow that leaves the shop shooting to its full potential. Now, the Indian has a lot more to do with it than the bow, but um, if I can get that bow as forgivable as possible, that's going to make the Indian have much more fun. This is very much true, and that's what I try and do. So um, we've got a we've got someone with us tonight, a local celebrity, local celebrity. Yeah, uh, that uh, be Dustin shoots. Well, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been called many, many things. And, and by the way, thanks, folks. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I've been called many things. Uh, I've gotten mail with many different spellings. Really? Um, I will say at least half the time my name is misspelled. Really? Uh, misspoken. And I've got a rather uh, harsh words that have been called, <laughs> whether it is uh, you know people mispronouncing my name or thinking that that's who I am or what I do. So... Uh, maybe my actions really do speak louder than words sometimes, but that'll be for the imagination for those listening out there. So does that have anything to do with your pictures hanging in the post office? You know, the most America's most wanted up in the corner? Well, I mean, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that statement right there. Well, I thought it was odd that you autographed your photo in the Marshall post office. <laughs> you ought to see some of the other places I've autographed. <laughs> <clears throat> no, we're, we're happy to have Dustin with us tonight. Today's show, whenever you listen to it, maybe three in the morning where you're at. Uh, today, it's going to be about uh, 3D archery and some of the things that go along with it. All three of us are avid archers, I would say. Avid would be the correct word. We, we all three love archery. Uh, so let's let's just jump right into it. 3D archery. Let's, uh, let's, talk, about, let's talk about... <laughs> What it is for those people who are maybe listening who have never been on a 3D course before. Maybe they've just bow hunted. Maybe they dabbled in archery in college and they heard that the podcast was funny, so they're tuning in to check us out. Justin, why don't you tell us? What's your what's your uh, 3D Archery 101 intro to uh, 3D Archery? 3D Archery 101. Uh, well, first lesson, don't ever listen to this instructor. Uh, unless instructor? you want to laugh. <laughs> Unless you want to laugh, all right. That instructor that I'm talking about is is myself. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'll I'll make jokes, but uh, no. On a serious note, um, gosh, you've got to be willing to to uh, have an open mind on everything. Uh, you cannot go into anything with 3D thinking that you know how to do this or that your way is better. It's it's definitely something that whenever you put the time to it, you have got to be the student and not the teacher for sure yeah and that that brings up a good point um one thing about it i always tell everybody 3d archery is the best practice for deer hunting it's the best practice for a real world situation you're going to be dealing with angles you're going to be dealing with uh, different yardages um, trying to make a good shot if you're a good deer hunter that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to come to a 3d course and and like really shoot well oh, it's, it's kind of a different thing than, it's very than different and especially with people watching and everybody's got their own thing my me personally when i first started uh it was it was just somebody watching i i get in the woods and i'm fine 
shooting by myself, you know, but with somebody standing beside me, you know, whether it's my buddies poking fun at me and us having a good time or, or, or whether we're all being serious, it's, it, it's a little, it's different. It can Just, be unnerving to some yeah. people, especially in the beginning. So basically what a 3d archery course is, at least here at Osage. So we've got 30 targets out in the woods. We've got groomed paths, trails that are well marked. So you, you won't get lost. Um, at each station, we have 30 stations out there. At each station, we have five color-coded stakes that are colored for your class. So at, at Osage, if you're shooting an open setup, which would be your long stabilizers, your movable sights, um, you'd be shooting at the blue stake, and your, your scorecards will tell that. And on each 3D life-size foam animal are scoring rings um, that you shoot, and whatever scoring ring you hit, you mark that score on your scorecard. Now, I will tell you this. One piece of advice is take a decent pair of binoculars with you. Most people, when they first get into 3D, don't realize how important the binoculars are because when you step up to the stake, you can't see the scoring rings on, on most shots most on shots the animal. Yeah. And it's not just like the backyard 3D deer target that uh, you go buy a Glendale buck or something. Yeah, they, they blend in. Th those rings really blend in with the animal until you get right up on it. Yeah, and they're not always where you think they would be. Right. They might be a little bit further back. Especially ASA, right? Yep, ASA. They're, they're, the, the 12 ring is offset instead of center. Yes. And, and and that's the difference between ASA and what? IBO. IBO. Yeah, and we're an ASA course, so we shoot 12s. The, the lower circle is a 12. Some of the targets have uppers on them as well, but you have to call the upper. You have to say, hey, I'm going to shoot an upper. That way you don't lock into just, you know, aiming at a safe 10 and you shoot a little hot and get into its 12. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that we are an ASA course. We go by ASA rules. Um, we encourage everybody to come out, everybody at all skill levels. A lot of times I'll get beginners here in the shop and I talk to them a little bit about 3d archery and they will say, well, uh, for, for instance, a, a woman might come in, her husband shot for years. She'll say, well, I'm just not good enough. No, that's wrong. You are good enough. What I tell everybody is if you practice in your backyard at 20 yards and you're only comfortable at 20 yards. Shoot 20 yards at every target. Right. Just don't turn your scorecard in. You know? Yeah. Come fun. out and get the experience. Have fun with it. Yeah. And, absolutely. And if you really think you're not that good, you don't have to shoot just because they have a, a woman's hunter and a man's hunter and, and that stuff. You don't necessarily have to shoot from that particular stake if that's not what you're looking for. If you're looking just to go out and have fun and go with people, yep. then uh, uh, there's the white stake. You know, there's the yeah, children's stake. There's or, a children's stake. Or the uh, traditional stake will be a really good one to start at if yeah. you with Give the you about a 20 yard yeah. average shot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I don't know. I just want to see everybody get into archery and, and stick with it. Um, you know, you generally what happens is you'll come post a score in the 100s. The first timers usually post in the 100s just so everybody knows par on an archery course. So if you shot par like on golf, you, they call it shooting even. On a 30-target course, that would be 300. That would mean you shot 10 points on every target, right? So they call shooting down, which is below 300. And as you get better, you will hopefully someday, like Justin did today, you're going to shoot up. Justin shot a 310 today. First time in how long with Two the compound? Years. Two years. First time on a 3D course with a compound bow. Yep. And he shot 10 up. And, and I, that was because of the bonus. And I did break an arrow. And we had, they're, they're also, which that's something else we get into. They have uh, bonus targets, well, like a steel shot where it's a. Yep. To, to the very small target, and if you miss it, unfortunately, your arrow explodes. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I've been accused of having the steel target on the course because I want to sell arrows. Couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. My personal opinion is I hate 
steal targets with a passion. I feel like your score should be what you truthfully Shoot. earned on the course. Right. Um, but the customers love it. They ask every shoot. You got steel out today. You got steel out today. We want to shoot steel. They love that kind of stuff. I, I think once you get, if you get a big bunch of people together, you know, if if it's a single person, a lot of a lot of times they're not going to shoot it. But if you get a lot of people together that really just like to see somebody fail. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're with your buddies. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Whenever oh, your buddies you're start shooting, you. you're not going to shoot. You better shoot it. <laughs> well, and then, especially, and then, especially whenever you get those buddies who, oh well, I've got you by ten points. I guess <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm taking home the win today. You know, you owe me lunch or something. You know, there's your tiebreaker right there. Oh yeah. That's absolutely. how. That's you know, either a you're losing money on your equipment, or b you're losing money with your with your lunch, or <laughs> and you know, your ego and pride takes a hit. Right. Oh yeah. Right. You you completely walk back with your tail between your legs <laughs> and yeah. i'm not gonna lie i went out with uh, my 11 year old it was this year and uh, i went out and i missed i missed a steel target bad and uh from the same yard to dead dead center of that it's like it's like there wasn't no steel on that target whatsoever he was dead center of it and i, and I had to take the heat for that he well I, I can i can actually do you one better i'm gonna try to uh you know build your pride up stroke your ego a little bit um, you can stroke me. Actually, well, <laughs> take your medicine. <laughs> anyway, so uh, last month, prior to the shoot happening, my brother and my son, uh, my son is seven years old, has a small compound bow, uh, enough to, to have fun with. He's, he's, he is really competitive, but at the same time, he, he loves to have fun with this archery. I mean, if daddy does it, little man does it. Yep. And he wants to do this all the time. I mean, every weekend, daddy, can we go out to Jimmy's? I want to go shoot. You betcha, son. Love to hear it. Well, anyway, so me, my son, and my brother, we come up to the steel target. My son walks up and smokes it. So, <laughs> daddy can't let him, you know, be the only one. Right. So, me and my brother, you know, we step up. We're actually shooting my son's bow. Uh, I have a 29-inch draw link. My son, you know, he's shooting like a... 14, 15, 16-inch arrow, somewhere around there. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> but anyway, my brother walks up with my son's bow, smokes it. Oh, so now the no. pressure is on. And anybody who knows me knows that I crack under the smallest little bit of pressure. <laughs> I lose it. My mind is just wanting to do nothing but make fun of me, and, and I'm horrible at it. But anyway, so, you know, big shot Dustin here. I walk out. <laughs> I step up and, and also keep this in mind. We are all shooting from the same kid's stake, which on average you're looking at 10, maybe 12 yards. Right. I destroyed his arrow. <laughs> Completely smoked it. They're all getting the bonus points. I'm losing an arrow and having to buy my son more arrows. Right. But, you know, to, to try to build your story up, make you feel a little bit better. You're not the only one who sucks. But, but, <laughs> yeah. But, hey, it's not, I, you're, and, and it's really funny how you can come out one day and it's like you can't miss. You just you can't miss. It doesn't oh, matter yeah, what you're you do, on. You can't miss. Yeah. And then the next time you come out to shoot, you, you've got seven fives on your. On and your you know scorecard. that's archery. In yeah. eight shots, huh? yeah, in eight <laughs> shots. There, there are there are days when it's like I shouldn't even picked up my bow. Honestly, right? You just can't put two <laughs> shots together, and it's the same bow. And, you and, can't and, hit you know, your own butt thing, with both hands. When I in traditional archery, I expected it. 
But when I was shooting compound a lot and you would pick up that compound and you know where your anchor points are, you've got your peep sight dialed in, it's lined it's lined around your sights and, and you're just putting the pin on it. And for some reason, you're just way off. Yep. It's and too much Mountain Dew the night before is what it is. Oh, yeah. I think we've That's all been tea. there and done that. Yeah. There are days when some of my students will come, come in for a lesson and it's just not happening. Just that day. And, and I tell them, hey. We all have days like this. This is one of those days where you don't go ahead and shoot 100 arrows to try and force through it. Right. You put the bow back in the case after about a dozen arrows. You say, today's not the day. Try again And tomorrow. you walk away. Yeah. Yeah, because you'll just get more frustrated and the longer you go. And that's the difference between hunting. It seems like uh, it seems like when I'm hunting, it's a totally different mindset. I don't. You do not have the same mindset when you draw back on a deer versus drawing back on a target it is 100 percent because you know you've got an ethic shot in mind you got your adrenaline pumping so everything's clicking just a little bit better yep. uh i mean the only thing that could even remotely compare would be uh the uh is is if you're in a pressure shot and you know you've got three people in front of you that just hit a 12 all kind of like dusting with a steel target right, oh, exactly. with a steel target. that's the only thing mm-hmm. that can compare so pretty much what i'm saying is, is dustin should never go deer hunting ever <laughs> you know you're not the only one who says that i've had other people who say no to that but yeah <laughs> but anyway so uh another another thing that uh uh, and just to go back to the beginning, uh, come from somebody who really hasn't shot 3D that long, just a few years. Uh, when you're first time going to a 3D shoot, the best thing you could do is not be nervous. Correct. Go up, go, just don't wander around and or act like you know what you're supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to go. You go to the owner, you, at, you, you let them know, this is my first time, I've, nobody showed me anything. What am I supposed to do? Yep. And nine times out of ten, I, and I'd, I'd like to say ten out of ten, every single uh, shoot I've ever went to, they've been really nice and really informative, and they'll tell you everything. And, just, and, just ask questions. And we have before, we've uh, taken beginners on their first two, three, four targets, talk with them, walk with them, show them, hand them binoculars, say, look, see that, that's what we're trying to hit, right. and show them how to score and how to do everything. You first three or four targets, and then they're good. They get an idea of what they need to do. And I was also going to say, Justin, as you were talking, it reminded me that for it's not 10 out of 10, but for the most part, archers are about the nicest group of people you'll run into. Yes. They are really good people. So if you see somebody at the, at the warm-up bags, and they're just packing groups in there, and you know they've got some experience, go up and talk to them. Say, hey, I'm just beginning. How are you? My name's so-and-so. Can you, can you give me some pointers? Unless they have a nine foot stabilizer out the front and an eight foot stabilizer out the back and they're using an umbrella. Don't be hating. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of those guys and I have enjoyed being one of those guys and I most certainly will talk to anybody and I will allow anybody even, to shoot. Even with the me. guys with the umbrellas. I'm, I was just kidding. No, I'm just saying don't be intimidated by no. the guys with the good equipment. No, don't be intimidated. Because usually those guys might have the best advice. Yes. That or Maybe they're not the greatest. Or maybe they have been, I've been accused of this. Of but also, one thing with, with open archery, um, if you buy everything, you look the part. So right. everybody's going to say, wow, look at that guy. Any Wahoo can go out and buy a jersey and a big, long stabilizer and a brand new bow. You know, and, That's right. That's and, why it comes back to the Indian. Right. <laughs> and, and then go out there and just, just stink it up. Just act like they're the bestest thing in the world and... 
talk up a big game here. You know what? That's in not just in archery. That's in everything. That is in everything. But with with what you're saying here, um, you know, it kind of goes back to how I started this with my intro. You know, um, everybody everybody has something that they can say, and don't be afraid to learn from from anybody. Now, over time, as long as you're paying attention and you can recall what that person's saying, and you can you can see in their execution how they're doing what they just told you, eventually you're going to be able to see if that is actual factual or if they're just kind of feeding you a line to make themselves sound better. So yeah, and, always and an open mind. Absolutely. And here's the thing. So with archery, um, having, having good form, good shot execution isn't cookie cutter. Even the best in the world have a different style of form. You know what I mean? They have different shot processes. Um, when I coach students, I have what a lot of people would say, well, that's more like a cookie cutter down the middle kind of a form. It is, but I'm trying to build the foundation of a good shot for the person. You'll settle into your own. They will They will tweak it on their own. Once they leave me, they'll kind of come to their own thing, but they've got that, that foundation built, the knowledge of how I'm supposed to stand, how I'm supposed to hold the bow, what I'm supposed to do next, to where when they're doing their own thing, yeah, their hand might end up a little bit different than than what we started with. And that's okay. Right. Look at real wild. He's like ranked in the top five in the world. That dude puts like 22 ounces out front, something crazy. He brings a shoulder in and leans back almost like the rifle shooters in the Olympics kind of lean back and use that. You know what right. I mean? To lock in and stay steady. It works for Rio. The form looks terrible from a coaching standpoint. <laughs> right. I wouldn't ever teach anybody that. It's definitely one of the ugliest I've seen. It is. But it, for him, it works. And the thing is, right. With him, he's been shooting long enough, and this can go back for everybody. Once you have done this so much, once you have figured out maybe what works for you, or you've you've seen somebody do something, so you've kind of tinkered around with it, well, then that's when, I'm going to plug you here, Jimmy, you come back to your coach, Jimmy Neese, and you ask him, hey, this is what I've seen. Well, I know you. I know your, your drive to make everybody a better archer. You're going to say exactly what that person is doing, why they're doing it, you're going to teach, you know, maybe why they're doing it, you know, whether whether it be grip placement, whether it be, uh, you know, your front shoulder down, uh, straight arm, bent arm, whatever it may be. And, and for those who are listening, I apologize if you're not understanding what I'm saying, but, um, you know, with something like that, maybe that'll make you ask questions. Maybe that'll uh, allow you to see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and and you'll come to Jimmy or you'll, you'll go to a friend. You'll go to one of those archery members that you trust and say, Hey, why is this person doing this? That's only going to better everybody. I mean, yeah. And, asking and those questions. Once everybody's in it long enough, they start to self-diagnose. They know what's wrong as soon as they take the shot. For instance, um, Friday afternoon, I was, uh, finishing up the course, setting shooting stakes and Tyler and I, his little bit that he does. Oh, that's right. We'll get to that. We will get to that. We'll get to my 20%. Uh, Tyler and I were um, shooting on the course, and I was doing okay. I was having a little bit of trouble with my yardage and my multi-pins because I had shot a single pin for years, and I'm going to hunt with a multi-pin again. So, But anyway, I noticed about target seven or eight, I started missing a little bit left. And I'm like, what is going on? So I started self-diagnosing. I figured out that I wasn't wrapping my finger around the trigger deep enough to where the shot would break easily. I was having to put more tension with my back into the shot and it was pulling my bow left as the shot would break. My bow would be going left because I wasn't hooking deep enough. 
So I figured it out. The next shot hooked real nice and deep, got in there. And when the shot broke, it went right where my pin was. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, you get to that point where, you know, and you start self-diagnosing, I know I'm not doing something right. Let me stop and think about it. You know what I mean? Let me think about what's going wrong. Um, you know, and it takes a while, but you get there. Everybody gets there at Everybody some point. Gets there. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can, you can get there as quick or as slow as you want, really. Yep. Uh, it's just all, it's all just how much time you want to spend from that bag. Yeah. Part. And see, the thing is for me, I always preach practice, practice, good shots, practice, good. Don't just go out there and fling arrows. If you're flinging arrows and you're not shooting with purpose, all you're building is stamina. Right. That's it. You are not building a good foundation for a good shot. Something, something with that. Uh, and I, uh, being in archery for, for the years that I have and, and seeing those around me and how they've prospered and, and, and achieved better. Um, I mean, I, I always look back at, at Levi Morgan may sound cliche, but never I mean, heard of her, never heard of her. Well, you ought to check out her beard. I'm just saying. And I met Levi. He's yeah, a cool guy. Levi is amazing. Amazing, godly individual. Um, well respected and and not because people just want to be like him he's he's earned it he's shown it but yeah, he has i will i will go back many times uh to levi uh whenever he was younger and this kind of ties into your making good shots uh whenever he was younger he actually uh, would go out to the backyard and shoot with his dad well his dad would only give him one arrow and every shot levi had to walk to that target get the arrow walk it back so that right there taught him, hey, you're not just out there to shoot an arrow. You're not just out there trying to to hit the target. No, you make every arrow count. And and that, you know, not only trains your mind in 3D, that also, once again, like Justin was saying, that, that, that makes you a better uh, shooter in those hunting situations, pressure-wise. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, take, take every arrow as as one that, hey, you know, I've had buddies say million dollar shot, uh, two hundred inch buck. You know, every shot, make it the best shot that you can. Uh, you know, bad practice or, or, or bad bad shots, just lackadaisical practice. You know, yeah, we can go out and have fun with our buddies goofing around. But you know, whenever you're kind of in one of those those times, maybe by yourself with friends, it's it's hard telling. However you shoot, not a problem either way. But go into it as hey, I'm going to make this shot better than my last shot. And, and each one, you know. Um. And you're laying a foundation there. So what we're doing when we practice is we're using our conscious mind. There's there's three three parts to the mental game. There's the conscious, subconscious, and the self-image, okay? I'm going to bore you guys here for a second. Go for it. But one of the things that, as Dustin stands, because they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance at the race on the uh, TV. Actually, everybody, tonight is the all-star race for NASCAR. And uh, right now, Joe Gibbs is saying prayer, so we... We do need to bow our heads, remove our hats. Uh, he just said, "Amen." We're good with that. So let's everybody stand up. Uh, we are gonna let's go racing. Pay homage to all the troops Giggity. out there, everybody. I do thank you. Uh, okay, national anthem. Here we go, boys. Thanks, Dustin. I guess. <laughs> no, what I was gonna America. say is, there, there's that so was there's DVR. You did all that for no reason. Three parts of the mental happened game. three hours ago. And this is not just archery. This could be baseball, basketball, any type of comp competitive sport um when we start out we start out in, with conscious we're conscious thought where are my feet going how am i hooking up my release uh, how am i drawing my bow back am i looking through my peep is my bubble level everything's a thought we're mm -hmm. in the conscious right 
Well, after enough times of doing that, it moves over into the subconscious. Now, consciously, we can only do, we can only think about one thing at a time with our conscience, our conscious mind. Um, when it becomes subconscious, we can manage multiple things at once. And that's where your skill really starts to take up. And for a prime example of that, uh, <clears throat> I, I haven't shot a compound in two years. And, and me and Jimmy literally, because I just bought the new Obsession Hemorrhage, love that book. And uh, that was such a plug. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> but I can't even help though it. Obsession is not necessarily a sponsor. It's not a sponsor whatsoever. I just love it. They have no it. idea how lucky they are to have me. But anyway, uh, go ahead. But <laughs> <laughs> but we spent a good hour and a half just you let me shoot and watch me shoot for a while, and then you were like, "Do you want me to tell you what you're doing wrong?" I'm like, "Yeah." So and and, and we worked on my shot for a while, and I went from and just. The short amount of time that we sat out there, my groups got a whole lot tighter. Yeah, and uh, and one of the subconscious thing you was talking about is don't look at your pen, look past your pen at the target, and your pen will settle in by itself. And uh, and I I I couldn't do everything at once. I could not. Yeah, line, I could, you can't I think about it. I couldn't line up my bubble. My bubble was the big thing. I wanted to get that level bubble in the middle, and for some reason I just could not get that that was the one thing that was messing me up and then they're like ah stop worried about your bubble just yep. shoot. ignore the bubble yeah ignore the bubble the bubble will be the next piece of that's the subconscious we put together and that's what you're doing you're just building your steps so and justin it was funny to watch him it was really windy out and <laughs> so it's is and i'm watching him and i can what i do is i picture what my students are seeing through their peep and as i see his Sight housing moving around. I'm like, okay, he's seeing his pen move, and you see his hand get tighter and tighter on the grip as he's trying to slow that float down and make that pen stay. And I hate offering advice to people because some people don't want to hear it. Right. So that's why I approach you with like, would you like me to kind of help you a little bit? You're like, I don't care. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm like, are you sure? I mean, I'm gonna be like telling you what I think. That's what I want. That's what you're here for. So. Once he went through that, we did that. I mean, he's right. We we fixed his grip, got him to relax, look past the pins, let the subconscious put that pin where it needs to be, and focus on what you want to hit. And his groups really got good. Yeah, and we went. We sided my bow in all the way out to sixty yards. Yeah, sixty yards. He could. Okay, we don't advocate sixty yard shots, but just talking hypothetically out in the yard, he could have killed a sixty yard deer. But to what you're saying with a sixty yard shot, I, I mean, I've learned this over the years. The more you practice your your shot process at deeper yardages, I mean, you go from sixty yard shots, you go all the way back up to twenty, as long as you shot. keep that same mindset and you don't get cocky and you say, "Oh, pfft, this is nothing. I've got this. I don't even have to focus." Yeah, you still want to keep your focus there, but you shoot sixty yards with with any kind of of real focus, and then you move it back up to twenty. Yeah, it's going to be super, super easy. Yeah, you feel like you could throw the arrow at the target. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it'll come second nature to you. It, it'll be one of those things where, yes, you're you're subconsciously trying, but at the same time, it'll it'll be so much yeah, more of an easier shot. That's one of the things I talk about too to students is no matter what your yardage is, it's the same process. We still require the same amount of focus. So back to the subconscious thing, it's like tying your shoes. When you first learn how to tie your shoes – you're thinking about make a knot, make a bow. Okay, what do I do next? Do this. Now, after years of doing it, you just bend down and do it. You don't even think about the yeah, steps. You don't have to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to look at your shoe or nothing. You can be talking to somebody and tying your shoe at the same time. Exactly. Oh, I can. I don't know about Dustin. Because... Oh, that's why I wear slip-ons, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, problem solved. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I, I work smart, not hard. That's why he cuts his bubble off of his bow. 
<laughs> that way you don't have to worry about well, it. Well, that's just one less step I got to think about. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a two-colored-eyed fool. I don't know how to how to do three things at one yeah, time. you are two-eyed-colored, kind of like Max Scherzer. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, or I, I've always got called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. You know, she's got two different colored eyes. Or, I did not know that. Thank you for that useless trivia. Yes. Um, <laughs> full of it. Call me anytime. Uh, find me on Facebook if you can. I've got all of it. Uh, He's half Amish. He doesn't have Facebook. I am not half Amish. Only because I do not have satellite or cable will this guy call me Amish. Or internet at home. Who needs internet? Uh, Just the other 319 million. 79 billion people in this world. Right. Well, put it this way. Mediacom or... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw a plug in. (laughs) Mediacom, I do apologize. I know you have copyrights. I do apologize. Sorry about that. Anyway, no. We do not represent anything at Mediacom. Mediacom? No, definitely not. (laughs) Medium or shallow. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. No, but anyway, back to the sub. So you're tying your shoes now. You're not even thinking about it. Your archery shot will become that at some point. If you do it correctly, you'll build that. Whenever I shoot at deer, I don't necessarily remember drawing back, gaming, picking a spot. I mean, I do it, but it's all subconscious. Right. It's like I go on autopilot. Yep. And that's the same thing you'll do with the 3D course. The difference is, like Justin mentioned earlier, you're around people. And some that throws some people off. And you have time to think about everything. And Mm -hmm. and real quick, just to jump back probably a good 10, 15 minutes ago, we were talking about the people in archery uh, here in in eastern Illinois and and around the entire state and and definitely not plugging on any uh, other states. I've been to many, many states in my archery time. And, you know, I haven't really hardly met anybody that I can't walk up to and strike up a conversation with, and and they're not you know pushing me off. You know it's not they're not acting like they don't have time. Uh, I've had many many times where you know if I'd be shooting a course by myself, if I happen to come up on somebody, obviously start talking to them and whatnot. Within a target or two, you know we've already had a a, a decent conversation. Or saying, hey, you want to finish the course with us? Yep. I mean, archers are that happens a lot. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Or you get grouped with somebody. That's yeah, how I met yeah. Drew and Tyler. Yeah. Uh, peer grouping is Before a really good thing. Yeah. I I have enjoyed I've met a lot of really good people. Obviously, I don't keep up with them on Facebook because apparently I'm half Amish. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, I, I've been to many pro-ams. And you're talking anywhere from 1,600 to 2,000 shooters there. And that's not counting all the spectators, all the family members, the, the wives, the children, and, and even... You know, they're shooting too. But you can go up to anybody and have a conversation with them. If if you do this and you meet somebody who just has a negative attitude, it's just not their day. That's true. I mean, archers are some of the most personable people ever. Uh, you know, everybody relates archery to golf. Well, I don't really play golf. I've, I've swung a club before, but I don't play golf. But... I don't know how their attitudes are, but I can promise you on the archery course at the archery shop, it doesn't matter. You're going to meet some good people. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And, and and that being said, uh, there there some people are just buttholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't That's, control that. No, you can't control that. Whatsoever. In every avenue of life, yeah, you're going to run matter. into one yeah. or two. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And you know what's funny though? Matter. Dustin mentioned his name's Jimmy Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Um, Sometimes you run into people and you'll think, man, that guy or woman is a jerk. And then you'll meet them in another course on another day, and they're as friendly as can be. That's right. They may have just had their worst day. Some of their shooting may contribute to that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Especially whenever they maybe put 
added pressure on themselves that they really didn't need. Thank God none of you have actually shot with my wife on a bad day. (coughs) She she was tearing it up today until Target 26. She had an accident. Oh, yeah. I forgot to put an arrow in her bow. And this is coming from somebody for the past three years. We've shot every shoot that we could on every weekend. And we were just talking and having a good time. And she didn't put an arrow in her bow, drew back and let go. And there it was. That I've was it. seen that multiple times. And I've done that before. I watched yep. your son do it as I pulled in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, sent, Carter do it. I sent Carter out to do his tape, you know, to get, I said, go shoot 20, put a pencil mark, shoot 30, put a pencil mark, we'll get you a tape. And he dry fired right as Justin pulled up. Tell tell him what how what his reaction was. So I pull I pull up and what did I come to do? I think I come to buy to to buy the bow to buy or the talk yeah. about it or something. Yeah, we we come to do something and uh, so I, I I'm literally pulling up and I see Carter. I, as I'm pulling up, I see him draw back. I get a little closer, and then I see him shoot, and then he just turns around and his face couldn't have been any more white. <laughs> And I pull up and roll down my window, and he just looks at me and goes, "My dad is going to kill me." Uh-oh. <laughs> Whooped, pup and, right and I was, there. Yeah, oh yeah, and I was like, "I was like, what'd you do?" And he goes, oh, "I, I just dry fired my bow." And then he brings it over and shows it to me, and I saw the cams were all bent and stuff. And I just looked down and go, "Yeah, you're right. I don't think I go in there. I think your dad's going to kill you." <laughs> Jimmy, how many sons do you currently have now? Two. Uh, did you start with two prior to that day? I did. <laughs> okay, good deal. Just making sure. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I thought maybe you... Luckily, dry fires aren't a big deal to me. I see it all the time. That's being why in the you shop. are the bow mechanic that and you are. anybody can do it. I mean, oh, Ma- it Mandy actually cried today. Like, after she done it, she was so upset because she loves her bow. She loves to shoot. Yep. And we're, we're not rich. We can't just go out and buy new this, new that, because archery is expensive. You know, when you get the money, you pay for it. And, yeah. And you try to take care of it the best you can. So she did that, and she was, I mean, she cried. She was really upset about it. And uh, and then, at, but me, after, and I would have been upset. If this would have been two years ago or a year ago, I would have been mad because we'd had to pay for it. Uh, you know, I was, I'd have been real, I'd have been pretty upset. But after coming in here, and then you hear, I think he's saying he gets stuff for free. Well, I was no, I didn't get anything for who's, free. Who's no, paying no. for it? I mean, you do you have your own sugar daddy? Well, because I'd never dry fired a bow, and I never knew anybody that dry fired a bow. Well, but it seems like every single you person got out much <laughs> because I just told you not five minutes ago that I have done it. No, I, I just told about, you that. I was talking about a year ago. Yeah, are he you said not a pay, year are ago. you not paying attention? No, I'm to watching us the talking. Race. Sorry, guys. I, I'll, I'll get back. <laughs> Do in we the need podcast. to change seats. So oh, good. Can... A commercial's on. Dustin's back. <laughs> All right. Hello, but, folks. I'm back. But but yeah, and then after coming in, and it seems like even some of the best hunters and archers have just gotten so complacent or just so just not thinking about it, you know, because it's so just second nature to put that arrow on. The oh screen. yeah. That just forget. Fire Takes a split second of distraction. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're in a conversation or oh, yeah. you know, making jokes. Yeah. Right, oh, that's yeah. a bad one. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's good to have a, a shot process down to where you go through it every time. And if you get distracted, you reset and go back to step one. Yeah. That's why I, I was kind of giving your wife a hard time while she was sitting in here at the shop. Jimmy had fixed her bow. You know, I asked her if she had a shot process that she went through, like a mental checklist over her head. No, and, and she. Of course, I'm I'm kind of a joker, and you know she she's not catching on to why I'm asking questions, which is perfectly fine because your wife is a blonde, right? But I mean, it, it's second nature. I can't fault her for that. I'm a blonde, so it's fine. But anyway, you it's know, I'm, genetics. I'm, I'm asking her these questions, and she's just looking at me with a blank stare, and she's like, "Okay, where are you going with this?" Well, so we get through the whole pre-draw 
shot process. And I said, well, at the end of it, whenever you're punching your trigger, which everybody, that is the wrong <laughs> way to do it. Don't punch your trigger. It's supposed to be a s- squeeze. Anyway, I asked her, I said, well, when you punch your trigger right before that, do you squeeze your butt cheeks real hard? <laughs> she was lost after that. There, there was no helping her. The, my, my shenanigans and teacher tactics were out the door. So um, you may, Justin, you may actually pay attention. Did you have her? I'll pay attention to her butt funny. cheeks. That's fine. Did you, uh, did you, do you have a reason why you asked her if she squinched? Yeah, why are you talking about my wife's back? Actually, um, hey, we've had this conversation. Just you're it's single. okay. Doesn't mean she's single. But you've told me that you're gone throughout the week. and <laughs> Throw and down at the wobbly arrow. Hey, you know what? This knee archery shop ain't big enough. Let's bust a wall down with oh, Justin's head. Take anyway. it outside, boys. Anyway. Take it outside. No, Justin's good people. Cast uh, me out of the head. <laughs> she did get caught outside, didn't she? Oh, man. But it, um, anyway, let, let me finish so, this. You, oh, okay. You're an interrupted fool, and I don't Jesus like it. Christ. Hey. How many times has he said he's funny this podcast? <laughs> well, anyway, let's finish the story again. You asked me where I got this. Over at Green Up Archery. ADD they, Radio. Oh, the bad thing is ADHD whenever I really get going. At Green Up Archery. At Green Up Archery. They actually had this on the list because of somebody dry firing a bow. They had a checklist. And and about the last thing before punching your trigger was squeeze your butt cheeks. <laughs> so it's just one of those things you know you, you pull out every now and then. Well, here, here's what's funny. So you mentioned that and you guys are laughing. One of the steps, if you're one of my students, to good lower body rock solid form is I have you rock your hips forward, rock your pelvis forward. Mm-hmm. To do that, you squeeze your butt cheeks together. <laughs> hey, see, maybe just like it's you're holding, just like you're holding the quarter between your butt cheeks, and you don't want to let it out. That will rock your bo- That will make your rock. That will rock your body. That will rock your body. <laughs> your body It'll make your lower half rock solid. Is what I meant. Your bottom half. And I can show you guys after the podcast when you do it and you go back and forth like this, your lower half will not move. I got the mankini in the car. Well, you can show us what the mankini. I, I will because then we can actually, see the butt cheeks. Right, flex, the butt I don't cheeks know flex. which would be the better view with you wearing something like that because um, I don't want to stand in front or behind. I've got a picture of both. All right. Well, <laughs> upon further footage, uh, folks, we will get back to you. Maybe I mean I probably won't, but these guys here, you know, we'll we'll take a straw poll on this and make sure that that Justin should actually go in public in this mankini. Um, I'm gonna actually say if you want to wear this tomorrow at the shoot, go right ahead because it's supposed to be I think 70s. It's nice and muggy. I wear my muck boots, my niece archery hat, and my lime green mankini. Can you wear a prime one something? Huh? Armband? Uh, oh, maybe I can like cut a sleeve off and like yeah, like wear wear your wear, 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 wear your gator. Yeah, wear my I wear my gator. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back on track. Back on track. I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us off a track. little bit. Back on track. Away from our ADD tendencies. Mm-hmm. So once you one sh- time I'm on this podcast and all you do is make fun of me. Oh, what? Oh no, we will make fun of you next time too. <laughs> oh no, I've seen them making fun of me. If they ever share a video, yeah. They've oh. made fun of me big time. We won't, oh, we won't no, do that. We won't share that one. No, that's just personal friend stuff. Well, I, I mean, mean I did. I did submit that video because I actually wanted to be the like the the spokes dancer for the Wobbly Era podcast. Not not spokesman by any means, but I did submit a video. Um, for those of you who may not know what we're talking about, just picture a grown white man in his cowboy boots. Standing in a shower with the water running, and just getting down. I mean, it's a white boy wobble for sure. Yeah, uh, it was. I, I was really impressed by your dance moves. The only thing I didn't understand was if you're gonna have the water running, 
in the shower. Why didn't you have it coming through the shower head? Well, because I didn't want to get wet. I was, was kind of cleaning like, my boots. Was it like a time. river dance kind of thing where you want the water to splash up as you were well, moving? Well, no. Did you see my stanky leg? No, I didn't see your stanky well, leg. See, now you need to pay attention. Okay. Play it again. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to watch that one again. So, when you're on the course and you've got some time behind the bow, and maybe you're not on a course, you're just out in the backyard, um, there's this little thing called TP that will creep in at some point. It usually happens to everybody at some point. It's called target panic. Oh, it is rough. It stinks. What happens is my there's so many definitions to target panic, and some people overprescribe target panic as you know you've got target panic. Well, maybe not. Let's talk about it. But what target panic usually is is the inability to hold the pin on the target without your brain slamming to get that trigger pulled. A lot of people can't let their pen touch the intended goal without hammering that trigger. And there was a, I, I did listen to a podcast uh, <clears throat> on this, and they, and they say a lot of it has to do with your brain, almost like shooting a gun. It's when shooting a bow, it's the same kind of mentality. It's an explosion, regardless of whether it's a gun going off. Or whether it's an arrow, it's still something that can hurt somebody. It's still a something really fast right by your face. Yep. And what your brain your brain doesn't want that kind of thing to happen. It, it doesn't want to be scared. Yes, your brain doesn't want to be scared. So, <laughs> and the funny thing is, it doesn't matter if if the, if you know that target's thirty yards away, and you're trying to hold your thirty yard pin on there. And some people, it's what they can't bring it up to the target. They they can't bring it down. It's like their bow wants to stay high, but they can hold another pin on there. Yeah. That, but just that that thirty yard pin, your brain knows that once that thirty yard pin hits that target, it's it's go time. It's go time. And they, some people do happen. what they call drive by shooting, where they'll come in either ab- above and drop down or below, and and they drive through the target. And as soon as their pin goes by what they want to hit, they jam that trigger. And then they empty a quiver into that deer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. for you, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> yep. So that target panic carries over. Not only target panic. I talked to one guy. He brought his son in. Great people. Um, brought his son in to buy him a bow for his graduation present. And, and I asked him, I said, hey, do you shoot? And he goes, ah, I used to, but I just, I can't do it anymore. I said, well, what do you mean you can't do it? Do you have a bad shoulder or something? And he, he went on to describe that every time he draws back, as soon as his pin gets close to the target itself, he freaks out, flinches, and jams the trigger. Oh, and, I, I can attest to that myself. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of shooting to get over that. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to many people about it with target panic, and and I'm with with me. Uh, I've been through target panic, and and maybe still suffer from a little bit of it. Uh, don't worry, it's it's not anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this world. It's not from. contagious. No, it's it's not. Uh, I won't. <laughs> not a STD. No, 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 definitely. We can fix it. <laughs> We That's can fix because it. Jimmy Neese mm-hmm. is the oh, amazing coach that he is. Anyway, no. Uh, it takes a mine, lot of time, but we can fix it. <laughs> with, with mine. A lot of money. It's penicillin help. All right, there. <laughs> I said it. Anyway, uh, with mine, uh, I, I would hitch up low. I, I mean, draw straight on the target. Pin is right there. My pin would fall because I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I got to go. I got to go. My pin's there. So my sight pin would actually fall under. And then I struggle to get it back up. Well, over time, a lot of shooting, a lot of frustration. You know, I've been able to get that pin to settle in a better spot. Uh, Not saying that it sits there at the same spot every time or where it's supposed to. But, you know, something like that. You can't fix it if you don't keep practicing. 
Yeah. And the thing is, you got to know what to do to get past it. So one of the first things I like to do is get people up close. It's called blind bailing or blank bailing to where either we're taking their sight off the bow or they're closing their eyes on the shot. And that is to memorize the feel of the shot. And I'm not talking five minutes. I'm talking five weeks of this. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard people like even before season, we'll say like 3D season, because uh, for those of you who don't know, like the first probably two, three months, uh, the archery world is finishing up with hunting season. And then also they're going into paper leagues, which are our 20 yard indoor leagues. And they're shooting nothing but paper. Which is highly addictive. It yeah. is very addictive. And I recommend you never tried it. You ought to try it. Because once again, it will give you target panic. <laughs> it will. It, it will. It'll give you frustration, but it'll also show you. How you can get It'll better. make you a better shooter. It, it definitely will. Yeah. Um, Makes you break down every single nuance. Definitely. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen people who they don't necessarily go into the paper season, you know, after they get done with hunting, they'll they'll kind of put their bow up. Uh, sorry for the noise. Justin's got to go back out to the facilities again. No, I'm getting a pop. Uh, apparently he's getting more medicine too. Anyway, uh, I've seen people actually take that season off, like the three months stretch. Yep. And they'll they'll blind bail for three months. Yep. They they'll have their whole setup, except for their sight, and they'll stand at, at five yards. Oh yeah, not close. not necessarily caring where that arrow hits because you obviously you're you're not you're not aiming. They're just trying to get that shot process going and and just holding that bow. Um, you know, maybe they're they're recuperating. You know, getting their muscle memory back to where it needs to be for. You know, all days worth of shooting, you know, yep. going to a 3D course, yep. you know, because in, in the hunting season, I mean, we take our bows out, we set up in the tree, we may go a dozen hunts before we even pick up our bow. And if you're, let alone if, draw yeah, back. If you're a dedicated hunter and you're going to spend a lot of time in the woods, there's not a whole lot of time to shoot. No, I mean, no. Really not. You really got to be ready before you put go. in. Some people put in 80, 90 hours of hunting and you'll have 30 seconds worth of shooting. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 30 seconds. That deer comes in hot. And it's not even that. It's, yep. it's a drawback. You put your pin on it and let it rip. Yeah. Uh, I, and and I've done that before, and you make a good shot, and that goes back to your subconscious. It's like your mind lines everything up in that shot yep. when you're shooting at a deer. Absolutely. So if you've contracted target panic or you think you might have, well, you know it when you got it. You know, you, if you're honest it's not with yourself. Like when you want to throw you don't have your to go bow the in the pond because – you're so frustrated with it, you probably have. Talked. Frustrated is a good word to, to to describe that because it is very frustrating. Yes. Um, one of the one of the things I like to do too is is once they learn that feeling, is let's introduce some back tension into it. Once once you teach someone how the correct way to fire a bow with back tension, and you don't have to have a hinge, you don't have to have a resistance release. Although I love the resistance release for target panic. You don't shoot one. No, I don't. I shoot a index finger right now i can shoot a hinge right i put a lot of time in with the hinge but i prefer the index finger uh i feel like i hold steadier but but anyway um one of the things i like to do is to introduce the back tension that that teaches them back tension slow you don't rip through back tension it's hard to get the hang of you put a lot of time into it but when you do that's one of the tools to defeat target panic because the bow's not going off quick with back tension you draw the bow back you you aim you're like, okay, I'm going to start my process, and I know the bow's going to go off in the next five or six seconds, and it depends on everyone. One of my students is four seconds. If she doesn't shoot by four seconds, she needs to let down because that's just her firing engine. That's her process, the way it goes. And once you can do that, 
you draw back and you're like, okay, it's, you know, four or five seconds, this bow's going to be going off and you're just doing nothing but aiming and looking. You're watching that area you want to hit on the target and you're watching that pin float around in the area. And the bow, when the bow goes off, it's it's not anticipated. That's where a lot of the target panic comes in is anticipating the shot. Surprise release. Surprise release. You when are. you first do it, it scares the heck out of you. Right. It's and like, oh, my gosh. It usually does not end up where you want it to. No, and that's okay in the beginning. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, because the thing about archery is we need to focus on the process and not the outcome. That's what I tell my students a lot. When they'll start to get frustrated as we're working on something, I've got a new student that's been here for two lessons, and her form looks really good. Her process is very good. Her follow-through, she's using back tension, is perfect. The arrows aren't landing where she wants yet. And I keep telling her, don't worry about that. I'm not worried about the outcome. I'm worried about the process. Once you get the process down, the outcome will start to line up for you, and it'll start hitting where you want it to. Let's focus on the process. And that's one of the major things is – People look at, well, where's my arrow going? Instead of making a good shot with you and focusing on the process of it, they're worried about, well, where did the arrow hit? Yeah, a lot of people I've always seen, you know, they're always just worried about the final outcome. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. There's there's a lot of steps, a lot of process. Um, They don't take into consideration how how that that step-by-step that process is just as important as where that arrow lands oh yeah so you know people like i said they, they overlook it and, and they're they're overlooking 90 percent of what they need to focus yeah on. and that that compounds to the target panic issue and mm-hmm. makes it even worse i mentioned before resistance releases one of my favorite tools um, for people with target panic is either a stand element or a carter evolution it's a resistance release. So what that means is you hook your hook on. They're a handheld release. There's a trigger on it, but the trigger doesn't fire the release. The trigger is a safety. So you hook on, you depress the thumb trigger portion of the release. The safety is on. The release will not go off. You draw your bow back. You come to full draw. You relax, and you let go of the safety. The release is now ready to fire. The only way to fire is to increase the amount of poundage that it's holding. So you start pulling almost like someone's pulling back on your elbow pulling back away from you and you kind of rotate your elbow kind of around behind your head just a little bit as you're pulling back and if you followed through all the way your elbow would end up in your right back pocket so you're kind of coming around and down and once that thumb safety's off you start that tension in your back where you're sliding your shoulder blade into your spine and your elbow's coming around your head and down towards your back pocket the release will let go and you don't know when it's going to let go mm-hmm. that is uh, that that release right there that stand element that one is more of a surprise to me than any back tension I've ever shot. Any hinge release style yeah, that you I've can ever learn shot. a hinge, you yes, can you, learn when you your can, hinge is going to go off. You can make that hinge go off at any moment. I mean, you can I've, dump I've, it. I've I've been a, a guilty party of grip it and rip it. I have dumped every hinge I have ever shot, and that's because of target panic. Yep. But at the same time, you know, whenever I have come to you and said, "Jimmy, I am horrible at this game right now. I need your help." I mean, you you've showed me different different pressures with yep. with my with my grip, uh, different you know bow arm length. Whether I have uh, just a slight bend or or my wrist as far as how it's bent, and my grip. I mean, there's so much, and, and that's that's what I'm saying. You know, people they they miss ninety percent of what they're supposed to be thinking about, and they're only worried about that arrow. Put it this way: You do that ninety percent. That arrow is definitely landing where you. Oh want yeah, it to. absolutely. So you know that's that's why I, I like to make sure people they kind of like you said you know right now don't care where your arrow is. Yeah. You shot your arrow's downrange. It ain't moving. 
It's yep. in the same spot where it landed. Yeah. Right. So, you know, going through that step by step. Yeah. And, you know, with I'll actually go back to my son. Uh, like I said, he's seven. He's been shooting since he was, I think I had him shooting at three years old. Just a, a cheap hand-me-down. A buddy gave me and said, look, this bow is worth nothing other than the time that you're with your son. Which, perfect. Yep. You know? Yep. You know, you just grab it becomes priceless. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I would actually... I would let my son goof around. Well, whenever it was time to actually have a compound bow, which he's only been shooting for, I think, two years, I think. Year and a half, probably. Year and a half. Christmas, Yeah, year and a half ago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, actually, uh, I bought it for him whenever he was five. I bought it for his fifth birthday. Okay. So, yes. Oh, birthday. Yes, okay. that was a birthday present. All right. Um, and actually, whenever he first started, we would be inside my house shooting down my hallway. I actually would only let him do about two steps with the draw process and getting anchored where he needed to be. I, I uh, actually put my safety in my release, which um, not all releases have safeties in them. I mean, I, I think the majority of the Stanislavskis do, and I shoot those. It's it's a great trainer aid um, because at that point in time, you know, you can you can activate that that release as much as you want to, but it will never fire if you have just your gives you a little bitty click. Yeah, exactly. That it, it, it gives you that click to let you know, Hey, you have fired the bow, even though you're at full draw, the arrow still in it. But with him, I would actually only let him do those first two steps. So that way it would ingrain into his mind. And, and Jimmy, we were just talking about blind bailing, you know, you're not caring where that arrow is going. Yep. You're just caring about the shot process yep. going through the steps and and folks, I'm telling you that is it's going to help you if if you if you be very meticulous with step by step. You know, yes, you're going to be consciously thinking of it, but like Jimmy and, and Justin had said earlier, when that subconscious starts to take over because of repetition. Yep. I'm telling you, without the repetition, you'll never get subconscious exactly. level. And that's it's why like I say don't baseball, put, hitting a baseball. Uh, it's just like any other sporting activity that you get good at, that the more you practice, the better off you're going to be. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, depending on, on, on how you take to these, you know, the, the step-by-step process, uh, you know, I, I've known some people and, and especially women, I've had a couple people tell me, and I've seen this time and time again, women, it's crazy because. Because, I mean, every woman is pretty stubborn, just like every man. But I have seen women pick up archery so much quicker and excel at archery. Now, I mean, you look at the top levels, you know, you you see more men posting higher scores. But at the same time, you know, you see these women picking it up and just flying right to the top. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, lucky enough to, to see a couple personally that took things over and above what I've ever achieved. And, and that's been cool to watch. And, and, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with my son as well. Uh, you know, that step-by-step process and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and brag on him right now. Uh, you know, he's been shooting for a year and a half with his compound. Um, up till last month, my son had, had really never finished a course all the way. You know, he'd always say, Oh dad, I'm kind of getting tired. I think I want to take a couple targets off. And, and I always told him, all right, bud, that's fine. You know, every now and then I'd say, dude, if you're going to keep doing this, you're going to start paying for your own shooting. But, you know, just goofing around, trying to trying to horse around, make him have fun with it. So, you know, he, he hadn't finished a whole course. Um, he'd never been through a course without missing a target. He'd never broke 200 points. I took him to a course a month ago, and he was on 
fire. Uh, we had a, a slight issue with the first three targets. He shot wide left. First three targets shot three straight fives. And we made a simple adjustment on his sight. He never shot another five for the remaining 27, 26 targets, roughly 27, sorry. Um, he finished the whole course. He never once told me that he was tired. I mean, he was having so much fun. He was into it because he was shooting good. Mm-hmm. And I'll be danged if he didn't hit a 273 out of 300. And for, for a seven-year-old kid who's That's never awesome. broke 200 really points, awesome. I mean, I know he was pretty reserved. He was happy. Daddy was happy. <laughs> Daddy was thinking, oh, man. And, and, and you know, Jimmy, that, that's something that you and I have talked about uh, with, with the youth side of it. Uh, with me, uh, you know, I've, I've shot quite a bit over the years, been to many pro-ams. I mean, the last big shoot I went to was down in Texas, and I had my best outing ever. Uh, felt really good about it, even nationally won some money. Um, but I've got to where I want – to spend my time making sure that he's out there shooting my son. Yep. And I, I'm good with having my bow with me, but I'm telling you what, I, I enjoy it so much more watching him shoot. I would actually take time off right now to go to a pro-am for him and, and not even take my bow. You know, I'd probably regret it saying, man, I, I probably could have shot. But at the same time, I, I've, I've actually transitioned into seeing, seeing a young archery student pick up a bow knowing nothing about it other than what he's seen daddy do. And and he sees these step-by-steps. And, and I explain things just the same way you would explain to your students. Yep. You know, uh, well, this is why I did this. Or, or hey, this is why I'm, I'm holding it this way. This is how I'm executing. And, and just to see your words transform into actions and transform into something positive. And, and you see that, wow, what, what I have done, what I have said is actually you know, coming, coming to fruition. Tr- it's bearing exactly, fruit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this with the youth, you know, uh, there's a, uh, thing out there called S3 DA yep. and, and it's great organization. Yes. Uh, it is, you know, for the youth. I, I'm not for sure. I haven't done a lot of research. Is there, is there a certain age group that S3 DA, uh, commits I to? I believe it goes all the way through high school because they do scholarships right, for right. archery. Um, yeah. but I, I mean, I think it starts, very I mean, young. Very young. We're, yeah. we're talking like the, the youth of youth. I don't know for sure. I'd have to look it up to give you an exact number, but it's it's really beginner. Very, right. Very, very young. Um, and, and, and you know, I've, I've kind of transitioned. I, I, I really wish I had the time. I, I wish my, my work commitments worked the way they were because I, I travel for work. You know, I, I leave Monday. I'm, I'm back on Friday. I've got the weekend. Just become homeless. Get on welfare. Oh, yeah, because I live BNS, in Illinois, and Illinois has BNS so much 3DA. money. 3DA, yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, I could get the, the money from, from the, the state grants. Yeah. I could, uh, I could, uh, you could I, I don't want to use put, the wrong You could English hawk word. all the free bows that they're going to give you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think preposition is, is, a, is a something to do with things. I think it's proposition you is what I wanted to say. <laughs> You so, want to preposition us? I, I want oh, to preposition boy. you. So, you uh, better folks, buckle your seatbelts. Uh, folks, I'm actually going to need help on that. If you could uh, maybe get on Wobbly Arrow's Facebook and, and send me some, some prepositions, I could probably learn Jimmy and Justin. Uh, but no, t- to tie all this in, you know, I've, I've got to where I really enjoy seeing somebody grow, such oh, as yeah. I did. It's like a drug to me. Oh, you are not lying about that. And... and I don't care if Tucker gets last and Tucker's the name of my son. Sorry. Uh, I don't care if he gets last. It's, it's, 
the execution on good shots. Jimmy, you have something really good that you do with your students. And that is I didn't not, do it. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's really good. It wasn't me. Oh, shush. <laughs> anyway, score is, is obviously what everybody looks at. That's, that's what the whole mass looks at. But what I really like what you do with your students is you have a plus or a minus system on every single shot. Yep. And what that stands for is you, you the shooter, you have to be an honest uh, judge, judge of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. And, and, you know, if you make an all-around good shot with, with Irregardless step, of score. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you miss the target or if you hit the, the highest scoring possible. You judge yourself whether it was positive for a good sh- good shot or negative for a mediocre Something shot or, or, or your execution wasn't great. Um, that's just another learning tool. Yeah. And, and eventually with all that shooting, the scores will rise. Well, I was going to say, as soon as you started talking about that, when you look at a student's scorecard, they come up and say, hey, look what I did. The pluses usually coincide with good a good shot. Oh, definitely. The minuses are your fives or your zeros. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when they're doing the right thing to where they earn that plus for target number one or target number 15 or whatever it is, usually it's a good score that's attached to that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can see the pattern. And, and speaking of being proud of, Justin's daughter, oh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie, yeah. She's he shooting, taught her to shoot a recurve. Uh, a lot. She's shooting a longbow, actually. Oh, sorry, uh, Mackenzie longbow. and Wyatt are shooting longbows. And Bronson actually just got one, too, of course, as soon as I... You switch to a compound, they all switch to traditional trader. But uh, McKenzie shoots really good. But in all honesty, today, uh, Wyatt missing two targets shot a 180. And this was not, and, and that, that's a kid that um, he kind of worries about score, but he's just mostly trying to kill the animal. Yep. That's, that's, what, that's what he's banking on. I made him step back to act the actual white stake. Like you actually have the yeah. youth white stake and yep. with traditional stuff, we let him scoot up a little closer, but this time he was really following through with the shot and, and, and drawing all the way back to the corner of his mouth. And we were like, I'm like, you just need to shoot from the white stake. There's no point in you going up there with your sister and, you know, hitting the 10 ring every time. Quit you know acting like a girl. It. Yeah. So how old is Wyatt? Wyatt's seven. Seven. Okay. So we got a seven year old with traditional equipment and at the white stake shooting instinctive. Yes. Shooting instinctive. Completely instinctive. He would have beat my butt. He shot a 180 and that's what, and that's missing two targets. So it was two targets he didn't shoot at all. Because so he could have potentially finished with about a 200. Yes. He Maybe 190 to 200. And yeah, so, and that was, there was, might have been a little bit of wine in there. Dustin kind of talked about, you know, yeah, you have small kids and you go through a course and there's 30 targets. Somewhere through the course of the day. It's hard to keep, fo- even for adults, it's hard, it's to, stay hard to stay fo- focused. completely 100% focused. Well, and especially if your shooting's not on point right. like you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you completely check out mindset wise. Yeah. So, but he, he did, he did awesome. And Mackenzie, she's, uh, that half the time uh, last year she couldn't stick an arrow in the target just because she couldn't draw the bow back far enough and and I think there were more targets she actually stuck the the target more than she didn't so I mean it's it's really cool watching them just get better and better especially with traditional Wyatt I guarantee will beat me like he with what he's doing right now give him four or five more years of of shooting and he'll be able to step back to 20 yards and, and, and that's that's not necessarily anything that's going to hurt your pride is it? no because no. i can't wait for tucker to beat me uh, well we could hold you probably. down and have him beat you with a stick today <laughs> today's your lucky day well if you remember earlier today at the at the course 
he broke a piece of wood and he says, Hey, Hey dad, send, send a Snapchat to my mom with me holding this up and, and attach the caption that says, look, mom, he beat me with this wooden stick and it broke. So, and he did so, a perfect sad face on command. Oh, yeah, was, oh, yeah. oh really? Oh, yeah. Are they still at the pond? Uh, I think our sons have been for all gigging or that's, we probably shouldn't say that since it's, it's not out season. of season, but they, th- they are technically, holes. yeah, they're, they're, they are instinctively practicing <laughs> right. with live targets. They haven't hit a single one, of them. I, but they're having well, a ball. I'll bet they've been out there for five hours. I know trying to hit a tadpole mm-hmm. with a, and it's a, it's why it's longbow. And uh, they're shooting a, a almost a full length aluminum <laughs> yes, with, no with no fletching, but, but the thing mm-hmm. is. Yes, they're they're being boys out there. They're having fun, but look what they're doing it with. Oh, they're yeah. Um, you know, I I'm obviously pretty much always make sure that that Tucker knows first and foremost. First and foremost, hey, it's it's safety first, bub. Right. You know, and and he'll call anybody out if if anybody oh, yeah. is doing something wrong. He'll call even if you drop out. a cuss word. He's he'll call oh, you. Yeah. Out. He, he, is, <laughs> he has no problem he's, calling you. He's the verbal polite. That was a bad word. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> he'll give you that look and and raise that eyebrow. And just so I'm gonna go, give. I want to give before we uh, go into uh, something that I want to talk about. I give two more little nuggets when you're on the course and you're you're struggling. Let's say that that you're a beginner and and like I think Justin talked about earlier. You get around people and sometimes that will you know, freak you out a little bit. Um, when you're dealing with pressure and you feel stressed, do a fake yawn. Uh, even if it's fake, that will calm you down. Really? Yeah, it will. It'll calm you down. If you watch pros, sometimes you'll see them yawn. You'll think, well, they can't be tired. Right. You know, they're in a pressure-filled moment. Right. They're calming themselves down. It's a known trick. Oh, to- okay. So the <sighs> next time Jimmy and you are talking... And and you can visually see that Jimmy doesn't care about one thing you're saying. He's just yawning to calm himself down so he doesn't, you know, knock your head throttle off. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Second thing is, let's say that you're you're shooting poorly and and things compound. You know, you're just having a bad day. You need to distract yourself for a minimum of seven seconds. Think about something else other than your poor shooting. You step up to the stake. Like, ah, I haven't been able to hit one yet. What's going on? Distract yourself. Hang your bow on the hanger, bend down, tie your shoe. Think about something else for seven seconds, then restart your process. That seven seconds is long enough to d- detach your conscious away from what you're dealing with right now. So when you come back to it, you come back fresh, and you're not bringing that stuff with you. What's funny about that, I've, I've done that. And, and something that works for me is I know Tucker would call me out if I was executing bad shots. He, he, he would say, well, Dad, you... You really sucked it up on that one. <laughs> oh, and and he he's kind of reserved, but at the same time, he'll say anything. He really will. No. He'll call anybody out, no, and, not and he even calls it me out. So, uh, no, I I've done that before, and you just kind of get back into a different mindset. You know, you you don't let negativity breed more breed more ma- negativity. Uh, That's right. You got to stop. Yep. Stop. Yep. Drop and roll. Yep. So. Um, I got two more items I want to get to. We're about an hour and ten in. Uh, oh, are we really? Yeah, wow. we're having it's a good been time. A good night. A good I mean, I thank you guys for letting me come. Oh, here. thanks for coming. Do's and don'ts on the 3D course. Do be polite and courteous. If you're shooting in a big group and you've got you know somebody by themselves or maybe two people behind you and they're shooting faster, let them shoot through. You just stop, sit on your stool, take a break, do whatever. Let them go ahead and shoot past you. Guys, give me some more do's. 
Uh, Rickets. Uh, Apparently, we're not supposed to do much. No, we're not supposed to do much. <clears throat> I do have, have a, fun. Huh? Bottom line, have fun. You're not out here at a at a local shoot trying to win a million dollars. And and what about? I don't know. Some people act like. Let's it. be safe when we step up to the target. We're looking. We're taking that extra second to look behind the target to make sure nobody's back there looking for an arrow because that happens. That happens, yep. If uh, sometimes they'll take their bow with them so the bow's not on the hanger to give you the clue that, hey, there might be somebody back there. Sometimes they've still got their bow in their hand and they go on behind the target. So take an extra second just to make sure nobody's back there. Yeah, and and and, and not just behind the target. Uh, mind your surroundings because uh, don't uh, sky draw. That's where you hold your ball, your your ball, hold your ball, <laughs> hold your ball. But that's where you hold your bow straight up in the air, and you, mostly you got too heavy of a bow, and, or you're really really tired. But uh, don't sky draw. You, if you draw your bow straight up in the air and you accidentally hit a release, you're ask, you're asking for a whole lot of trouble. Oh, well, yeah. even, even I mean, it's happen. not even an accidental release. Sometimes you may have an equipment malfunction. Yeah, you may have a D loop. Your release can break. Your D loop can break. Exactly. Break. Yeah, um, I've, I've actually had that happen. Before. Happen. Yeah. yeah, I had I had a uh, the spring, or or uh, on it wasn't my little goose. It was a it was a different one, but it I don't know. If a it little was goose a, is a Scott release for those Scott who don't understand that. No, but it was a release. But. Uh, I think it was the the spring that held it closed, or the the locking mechanism that held it closed as you drew back. Uh, just it, I got half draw, and it just released on me. I, my finger was behind the trigger, pushing forward, and I drew back. And halfway through, it went, it did it, and I actually thought it was me. I drew back again and did it again. Let's lose two arrows. Did you yeah. cause yourself any bodily harm? No bodily so? harm. Well, I, t- I tell you what, and Jimmy, if you want to, uh, this might be something fun right at the very end, but you know, maybe a, a goofy time on the archery course yeah. that, that you've had, you know, maybe we could share some stories yep, or yep, something. Yep, yep. Um, anyway, remember that and, and I'll, I'll jump back in. Oh, it. I've, that was going to be one of my two things was the oh, best, okay. best go. day on the course, whether it's funny things or okay. whatever. So, but right. well, let's, let's finish the do's and don'ts before we, before we get into that. So don't sky draw, mind your surroundings, be courteous to others. Uh, don't, don't scream at somebody. If somebody's at full draw and you know, I mean, I understand it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but there's no point in you screaming. If you know the person ahead of you is in full draw and you're not shooting. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, don't, don't do that. Yep. You know, it personally to me it wouldn't bother me, but I don't do it. You know, yeah, I, right. I I'm not going to sit there and what are you doing? You know, and while you, yeah. while you're doing that. Right. So that that's that's kind of retarded. Sure. I shouldn't do that. And yeah. uh <clears throat> is there any more? <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. He's on a roll. Uh is there any more? You forget your notes? Well, I don't I don't usually have notes. Jimmy has a note. That's why he doesn't know what to say next. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, put another quarter in him. <laughs> uh, usually the podcast is way more interesting. We don't have to write stuff down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm not like your other three uh, heroes from Wobbly Arrow that are filled with the knowledge. I, I was thinking about this throughout the week. Each one of those guys has come up and said, Oh well, I've got knowledge, and I'm not throwing any any daggers at him because no, you are, just told those everybody are some good you're funny. Well, I, I haven't heard any comedy the whole time I've been on here. That's why you <laughs> sat here with a, with a crap-eating smile on your face the whole time. <laughs> hey, when you go on a tangent, man, I just let you go because I mean that that's the whole point of doing this podcast. That's right, uh, and uh, you've learned something. Yeah, I, I know I, you have. I don't know. See, it's like I was telling 
I just saying earlier, I, me and Jimmy sat out here for an hour and a half, and he was showing me everything I was doing wrong. And and that's another thing that you can do when you go to a bow shoot. If somebody offers you advice on what you're doing wrong, and if you know that you have no information about what they're talking about, listen to them. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't. What's the worst and, thing and, you could do is try it, and if it doesn't work, it don't work. Move go on. Back. Yeah. And you know, not only listen, but ask those questions. I mean, it is not a problem at all because I've done it. You know, somebody's telling me, well, you need this is what this does and this is what you need to do and this is how you do it. Okay, I'm raising my hand. I don't even know what the first thing that you said was. Right. I, so how am I going to do the other three things? Mm-hmm. You know, I've told many people before, I have no idea what you're trying to get me to do. And then, you know, they'll show you. Yep. So They'll break it down. Yeah. So best, worst... Funniest. Yes. Let's uh, hear it. Most interesting story. From the 3D course. From a 3D course. And uh, if I... Man, there's a there's a lot. Uh, one... I actually have two. I, Go I, ahead. I have two. Go ahead. And, we got time. I, the first one's really short. It's... Uh, we were actually shooting out of elk. And, uh, and it was... I had... I was shooting with some people that were shooting open. And I was shooting traditional. And, uh, of course, the two open guys... Uh, shot. <laughs> and this is officially over. We're not doing the podcast anymore. He has ruined the room. We the had ceiling tiles are falling in. Yeah, my face is starting to melt off. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm going to puke. Finish and, your story. What okay. is your problem? The two open guys shot. Two you open go up guys to shoot. Shot. I go up to shoot. And it was... And to be completely honest, it was on a whim. I it was probably it had to have been sixty. I think it ended up being sixty three yards, is what it was, because it was a it was a big target for the out. open guys. Yeah. And uh, and I just like I was like, screw it. I drew back, and, and I was actually shooting my my Hoyt recurve, and I twelve ringed. And, and it, did the, you beat the open guys? Yes. Awesome. They, 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 both, they both shot tens. I shot a twelve. Now, the funny part about it was is when I initially shot. I thought I had shot about six inches above both of those guys. But the way my arrow came in from so high, <laughs> it actually went right in the 12 ring, and then my fletchings were bright, you know. Yeah. So so it looked like I was way above them. But really, their arrows were sticking straight, and mine come in at a huge angle and went right between them and, and 12 ring. So that was probably my best. That was one of my best memories. And another one was there may have been a snake target out on a certain bow shoot that I won't mention. And uh, now this is also something that is not necessarily something you're supposed to do, but when you know people, you know people, right? (laughs) And uh, so a possum decides it wants to walk out in front of the target. And when it first walked out, I wasn't necessarily going to shoot it. But when it decided that it was going to take a right and come right at us, it was game on. And I may have put four arrows in the possum, and then my <laughs> wife shot it right between the eyes. And she actually broke one of my arrows in the process. And somebody may have come, may have come back like two months later and goes, well, what's the matter with a possum with a bunch of arrows in it? What's up with this? I, didn't I believe it was a possum reason. skeleton. A possum skeleton? Yeah, with about arrows in it. So, so who took the confirmed kill on that? Oh, my wife did. Of course she did. Yeah, yeah, she did. But I will say this, that... Uh, as many arrows as I put in it, it wasn't walking away or rolling away because there was just there <laughs> it looked were two, like a there porcupine. Were two, yeah. 
So, so he would have died, but Manny didn't want him to suffer, as we don't like possums to do. Well, to uh, to to uh, uh, get off of this before Peta shuts you guys down. <laughs> Funniest thing. Peta doesn't care about possums. Possums are ugly. Now that is a is a, a very uh, that's a hateful joke. And I don't think this podcast needs those. <laughs> a hateful joke? Hateful joke. Don't you that, love it when a, the guest tells you? I don't think he listens to the last that. podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I've heard all kinds of stuff about pooping in bags <laughs> and shooting rattlesnakes in Imagine blind. from the butthole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It had six inches. Anywho. Um, no, we were talking about funny moments, good moments, bad moments, whatever. Um, I have inflicted injury on myself on a draw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not, you know, I, I, I didn't do the, the infamous sky draw that you see. I was actually using uh, my brother's release. Uh, I won't go into that. So, I mean, I don't want to badmouth any product lines. Uh, but anyway, on the same target, my brother and I, who are naturally right-handed shooters, we were both deciding we were going to shoot left-handed. Oh, this with is a right-handed bow with a right-handed bow okay. up the degree of difficulty. Oh, exactly, because right. we we were coming to the end of a course, <laughs> and, and it was one of those. Let's do this. Um, Justin would say, "Hold my beer, watch this." Oh, right? Yeah, done that many Definitely. times. So anyway, Hold we're my shooting. Fireball. Yeah, <laughs> you and your medicine. Um, anyway, so shooting left-handed, I get to draw. I, I'm I'm about half draw on this. And I know that my thumb touched the trigger. It wasn't anything that messed up. It was all me. My thumb touched the trigger. I bash my nose. I, I walk off the course with a bloody nose. Oh, uh, from just your hand coming back and hitting oh, yourself yeah. in the face? Completely. <laughs> I mean, it's a wonder I didn't shove my nose into my brain. That's funny. Because at that time, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I probably had a 70-pound bow at that point in time. Uh, but anyway, after I bash my own nose... My brother did the exact same thing and cut his lip. Really? Yeah. The same? Yes. <laughs> the same target. We both. We, I, don't, I honestly can't remember if after we both did it, if we put any arrows in that target. I think we, we accepted defeat and we took zeros. Right. Yeah. Well, was it, was it uh, probably because you're, you're not left-handed. You're no. Not, yeah. It's just, just you know, body mechanics and right. then also, you know, so thumb funny. placement. That was a problem. Um, also, kind of another funny one. Um, Jimmy, this may be where I met you. I, I can't remember. Um, I was on a... Is this PG-13? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I, I don't know anything that's over that. Okay. I mean, anyway... Um, Wait, where did you guys meet? <laughs> I, I don't remember. In a dark, wooded area. Anywho, we uh, I think we were out on a course, and then we, we were only like... A couple targets into Oh, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember yeah, I'd I, I never met you before, but uh, I seen a squirrel. And, and I've, I mean, I'm kind of jumping on the wagon like Justin did. I mean, PETA's going to be after this place. Jimmy, if you complete the trifecta of shooting animals, you guys <laughs> yeah, are definitely done. getting shut yeah. down. On a 3D course? On a 3D course, uh, yes. Um, anywho, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> well, I mean, like Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Especially when you're singing by the dashboard lights. At least there's no season on my animal. We're open all year long. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I did, I, I did this in August, so I was fine. Oh, yeah, okay. So anyway, after I shoot my target, about 10 yards behind it, 
there's a squirrel that jumps out of the tree and, and is just munching on acorns or something. I don't know what he's eating on. Maybe walnuts. Who knows? Anyway, I decided I'm going to shoot beyond a target. Ladies and gentlemen, you probably shouldn't do this. This is probably going into the don'ts on the, on the <laughs> yes, archery course. We're definitely going into the don'ts. But do it was a I safe say, shot. Not as I do. I was shooting into an embankment. At 33 yards, I drilled a squirrel. I mean, destroyed it. And I'm hooting and hollering. I'm like a 16-year-old girl who just turned 16. <laughs> and, and, that and, is and, the analogy of the year. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Well, Obvious. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, poke fun. That's fine. I, I enjoy it myself. We're enjoying your story. Oh, Go definitely. on. And so, I don't mean to cut you off, Dustin. But in all honesty... I really, I know we poke fun at, fun at you and we have a lot of fun, but you are a really, really good bow hunter. I mean, one, we call him the serious bow junkie is what we call him, <laughs> SBJ for short. And uh, and I just, I really do like the fact that you're here and you're giving us all this information. Okay, go ahead. Well, it's, it's all good fun. I got a pretty good attitude. I mean, I could make fun of myself and be perfectly fine with it, so... Uh, anyway, I, to finish up this story, I smoked this squirrel, and I'm hooting and hollering on this archery range, because never in my wildest idea did I think I would actually hit this squirrel. Jimmy, who is a target behind me, is looking at me like I'm some crackhead, and, and it's just, I mean, the, the relationship started from there, and it, we're all happily ever after. No, I looked at him like a, he was a 16-year-old girl that, that just, turned just turned 16. 16. <laughs> <laughs> no, no oh, I mean, I, um, I, I've had my good days, and I've had my bad days on an archery course. Uh, my, my, my best ever score, I mean, I, I shot 18 points up on a, on a, a course. And, of course, that was all known yardage. I, I ranged everything. Uh, but at the same time, you, you still have to make those shots. Oh, yeah. And, and I felt awesome about it. Um, but I've also had those days where, oh, man, I wish I would have never even paid my money and brought my bow. But for, for good we'll fun, go it's, it's always worth yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Jimmy, let's let's hear yours. I'll, I'll, All right, so, I'll let you go. So one of my funny ones is it made it even funnier because it wasn't me that was doing it. <laughs> had a customer wanting to do the long shot one day. <laughs> You know, they all step up and we're discussing where they should aim and all this and that. And he goes, draw his bow. And his D-loop's about broken, too. And his release and fist come back and smack him right in the nose. And his arrow goes halfway into the pond. And I'm like, wow, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. He goes, this was not me, folks. No, no, it was a total, total stranger guy. So I'm like, well, that's too bad, man. I'll just, you know, if you... If you want a one entry in, I'll refund your money. No, I'm shooting again. I said, are you sure you want to do this again? He's like, heck yeah, I'm going to hit that elk. I think my release wasn't clipped on all the way. I'm like, dude, your D-loop looks pretty bad. It's like barely hanging on. He's like, ah, I'll be okay. So, part two. <laughs> Loads an arrow, hooks it up, pulls back. It's about halfway back. Whap! Right in his face. Punches himself again. Arrow goes in the middle of the pond. Oh, my. I'm like, dude, you've lost two two arrows. Do you want to go for three? He's like, no, I'm done. I'm good. I'm like, okay. Oh, so that was pretty funny. He was pretty headstrong. He was going to get an arrow across the pond. Across the pond well, eventually, I mean, those will, those will come back up and they'll float across. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, he probably was right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> one time, a, a friend and I went out to shoot the 3D course, and it was after everybody had left for the day, and, and I hadn't shot for a while. 
And the first three targets, I believe I shot fives on. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm mad. You know, it's one of those deals. Well, I wasn't. I was compacting, compressing my front shoulder instead of keeping my arm out and down. And once I figured it out, I was on fire. So I went from three fives to put me at 15 down. I was 17 up at one point. I mean, that I was literally, is, I was literally 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. And my buddy, my buddy's like, I cannot believe you're shooting this good. And I'm like, I can't, I can't either. <laughs> so you definitely weren't meaning to. All right. No, I mean, I was just, just I could see the 12s. Shots. I had yeah. a six power lens. I could see I was, it it's was right going there. right where I was aiming. I was just having a great day. I couldn't miss once I figured out my front shoulder deal issue. Well, we get down here to the very end, and the sun is coming into my scope with the six power. And by the time I got done, I was back down around even. Oh, <laughs> was, really? oh my gosh. <laughs> that story was so good until the oh, end. Oh, no. Yeah, and then I pooped and my then pants. I pooped my pants. Now I went from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs back down to the lowest of low. I wouldn't say that that was lowest low. I All mean, on one course. It, you, you at least finished the course. I mean, let's I learn, let's find did. something to be optimistic about. I, I did finish. I didn't finish well. Could have dry fired your bow. But I finish well. That's okay. <laughs> that just settles the limb pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't uh, guys. Just so you know, everybody, uh, you should dry fire your bow just to make sure you settle in your limb pockets. Not don't really. believe a word don't, Justin has said don't this whole time. To no, I do uh-uh. at least once a day. No, uh. Uh-uh. Do you once a day? <laughs> I can't remember what bow company it was about two or three years ago. They said you could dry fire like fifteen hundred times. Hoyt, or was Hoyt. It, yeah, because yeah. they, they still do that. They, still they do. do? That. Holy yeah. cow! Now they replace um, limbs, a lot and, of limbs, limbs and cams and stuff, and strings and cables. But it's their riser testing is what they do the fifteen hundred dry fires on. Wow! And then they do what was it like a million revolutions? They don't actually shoot the bow; they just draw cycle it. To test Just their to limbs. test the bearings and yeah. everything? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. They, 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 and they, they, they had a video of it. At, uh, uh, they had a video I've of I've never them. been there. Can you tell One me One more time is? in English. Shut <laughs> up. Uh, them running over. Sorry, folks. He's got hair in his mouth from earlier when he's at home. A little bit of hair. A little bit of hair. A little bit. Fuzzball. Hairball. Hack it up. Hack it up. All right. But they had, uh, uh, I saw a video. They ran over with a truck with sights on it and everything, picked it up and shot it. Uh, that happened to Danny to McCarthy. Danny McCarthy down in Kentucky. Yeah. What was it? Three years ago? Because he yeah, had just so. signed on with Matthew. Chillax, maybe. Yep. It was that that sandstorm color one. Yeah. Yeah. He ran over at Ben's site. Got, got went to the site trailer. I don't know what he shoots. Sherlock CBE Excel. I don't know. I think it says Excel. Grabbed a new site, set up, and won the freaking tournament after his bow had been ran over by a truck. Really? Oh yeah. That's, That's awesome. a testament to some strength. You know. Yeah. Quality equipment for sure, which, yeah, I, I don't shoot Excel products, but I would definitely if somebody gave it to me. <laughs> so is the moral of that story Dustin's looking for a sponsor? <laughs> Who doesn't look for sponsors? I mean, I'm probably not going to buy it, but I'll shoot anything. <laughs> well, they just seem to come to us. I mean, we don't really look for sponsors. What do you do on the side to get them to come to you? Wear the mankini. <laughs> I think that's a wrap. well it's that time of day again we're pushing an hour 30 i want to thank everybody for listening thank you to dustin shots for being here dustin i really appreciate all your input it was great guys i appreciate you having me here yep thank you guys for tuning in until next time stay wobbly Ooh, there it is there it is goodbye